to the Queer Cauldron. Please sit for a spell. I'm one of your hosts, Timothy. And I'm Rosalie. So yeah, so at the top of this, we actually got two questions, which is really cool. So um, also really quick. So we did notice that we did get two phone calls last week, but um, the voicemail I had set up apparently didn't stay set up or when I... Work worked well. on something yeah so also if you want to call us you can call us at 323-285-0164 um and yeah leave questions comments or even ideas for future episodes yeah absolutely we want all of that all of that but yeah so we did have people write into us at our email and so um yeah so the first question is someone i guess said that we didn't um mention how hormones affected our not sexuality but i guess how we like felt when we're attracted to people like how we experience attraction yeah exactly because they said you know which also we need to come up with a way for people to address us because like this one person was just kind of like hi like it's like you know i i like you know like there's a podcast where like you know dear sugars does you know like oh dear sugars you know or dear you know like yeah i mean so we if you guys can figure out a way to address us that'd be cool sup witches like yeah that's what i was thinking i'm like you know hey witches but you know anyway so this person's like hey witches um because i'm putting that in uh hey witches so i'm just curious like did going on hormones affect how you felt attraction to people or you know did it feel stronger did it feel like less like how how did that affect you thanks Oh, wow. Okay, so that question is a great one. Um, I would say that it it definitely has changed how I, like, experience attraction. Um, I think estrogen and the, the, like, testosterone, like, blockers, um, the androgen blockers have um, definitely, like, lowered my libido. So I don't have, like, an intense, like, sexual attraction to people like I did before it's more um for me personally it's more based on like their personality and maybe they've got like a really nice face or like this aspect <laughs> yeah. um but I don't like immediately just want to like jump straight to the like sex part like <laughs> um I don't know if that makes sense no it does make sense yeah Um, And then, of course, like I mentioned, as I started the hormones, um, my sexuality itself also kind of became more fluid, I would say. Um, I started experiencing attractions to, you know, um, like men, women, non-binary people, all Mm -hmm. kinds of, like, in-betweens. It's hearts, not parts, right? Right. Um, well, for me, it felt way more intense, which I think I mentioned in, like, the first episode or something, where I, like, got... I never was really attracted to certain body parts, you know? And, like, then I became very attracted, like, to certain body parts, and, like, (laughs) I kind of felt that kind of, like, tingle feeling when I'd look at people, you know? (laughs) Instead of it just being, like, oh, they're attractive, like, yay. Like, now it's, like, it was way more, like, they're attracted, and I start feeling stuff, you know? And my libido did go up like it went up like a lot like it was this thing where it's like kind of like oh I and again trigger warning for anyone who feels uncomfortable sexuality stuff so like I would feel horny sometimes and I'd be like oh like do I want to masturbate and it's like oh no not today I don't feel like it and like then it'd be kind of this thing I'm like I'm horny I need to masturbate like now you know it was like this thing where I was like doing that 
like a lot, uh-huh. you know? And so it was kind of that thing where I'm like, oh wow, now it wasn't just kind of like, there's no thought process anymore. Before it used to be like, do I want to? Do I feel like it? Like, uh, do I really want to go like through the process of this? It's See, like, it's I've not had a- the opposite yeah. reaction. <laughs> I went from that to like, mm, do I? Is yeah. That- Maybe not today. Like, yeah, I have things to do. Exactly. It's like I got shit to do. I ain't got time for this. And then it's like, oh my god, there's always time. I'll make time. I'll make five minutes. But I'm halfway there anyway. I'll just finish. You know. So it was that thing of like I felt way more intense and like you know um, I was. I mean I was pansexual before, but now it's like I'm I'm pansexual now, and it's kind of like oh my god, everything's attractive and everything's pretty. And like yeah. I've always been attracted to non-binary people or people who are. I mean I like guys that wear makeup I like guys who don't wear makeup I like women who wear makeup women who don't wear makeup like it's like I mentioned before I don't really have a type because you know it just I've always been really attracted and now more so attracted to just like anything and everything you know okay yeah good answer (laughs) yeah um should we move on to the next question I think so I think that that feels like a good answer for that right uh yeah bear with us we're still new to this <laughs> podcasting 101 uh, yes. learn as you go yes so our second question this is something that we actually discussed before we started recording so please bear with us for our answer uh so our second question again adding the dear witches uh dear witches um i am a um ftm and i have kind of noticed that when i join ftm groups which is female to male so trans Transgender transmas, yeah. That I've kind of noticed that it's really hard to find a group where it's purely FTM, and I'm finding that non-binary people are in the group, which is fine. But at the same time, I wish there was like a safe space for me to be able to express myself and express my story without feeling that, you know, I have to censor myself or you know I don't. Uh, yeah. So. Here's where I'm kind of like cutting off here because it's like he kind of rambles a little bit. But um, so basically, yeah, he's saying that um, that I guess there should be like safe spaces for FTMs or, you know, F, uh, MTFs. Sorry, so many. There's a lot of letters. letters. So, yeah. So he, when I first read this question, I was kind of like, no, like non-binary people are trans people and they need to be in our spaces and that kind of thing so but then yeah see this is where i'm conflicted but then you also kind of think like oh but it is nice to have like a safe space for like your specific group where you feel like comfortable talking about your experiences right gotcha so because yeah because on one hand like i said uh, non-binary people are trans and they should be in transgender spaces but yeah at the same time i feel like should there be that safe space for you know strictly trans masculine people who go from female to male and so this is their specific safe space where they can talk about their journey talk about their experiences and um have that kind of commonality with everybody in the group I am always, like, super hesitant when it comes to gatekeeping of any kind. Mm. Um, and so, you know, my, my questions here would be, you know, I, I, I kind of want to talk to, like, the non-binary person or people in this group and, you know, see how they experience their gender. Because right. they, they, they could definitely be, like, trans mask without right. being, you know, necessarily uh, FTM. And, you know, I feel like 
if we limit these like groups to like yeah. people who go specifically by these letters when there's so much more that we have in common right. that we're just like closing doors and creating barriers and fighting with ourselves and that's like the last thing that right. we need as a community. Right. And like again like kind of playing devil's advocate like the thing is it's really tough because again there should be kind of these safe spaces for people like where it's like at least for me like when I first started coming out as trans and I was still figuring out like is this me is this my identity like who am I that kind of thing it was being in these groups and seeing people who were like oh this is me when I was before T and this is me like five years later on T it was this kind of like oh my gosh this is cool like this is someone who is their self and there's help there's like hope for me and that kind of thing and I identified strongly with that like you know, I guess you could say binary, like, you know, where they look super masculine, yeah. you know? So for me, it was really helpful to be in a group amongst other binary trans men, you know, if you will. And then I kind of, but like at the same time, it's like, I don't want to exclude people. It's like, I don't want to say like, well, you're not going through this journey and you're not um, experiencing what we're all experiencing. So where do you fit in this group, you know? But they could also be, like, questioning whether that's right. a step that they do want to take, and it may be, like, a helpful place for them. Right. And, you know, while they may not share that specific experience, again, if they're, like, trans right. there's a lot of stuff that they'll have in common outside right. of that, you know, one specific thing. So, I don't know. I don't really... I, I can't make a judgment call here. Right. Um, you know, I'm not going to say one way or the other. But um, I will say that, you know, I am hesitant about gatekeeping in general right? when well, it comes to the queer community. Well, I actually just remembered. I just remembered there is... Uh, so I was in this FTM group where there was a lot of, like, it was just four trans men. And there were these trans men who... This one trans man posted this picture of himself and he wasn't transitioning. He wasn't... Um, dressing quote-unquote masculine like he was dressed like it was a picture of him like in a tank top like no binder like it was sure like it looked like it was kind of like a tank top into like a skirt and then they posted um you know are there any cross-dressing trans men here and it was such a controversial thing like i wasn't in it i was not part of this but like other trans men was like you look like you're, you look like a woman. Like you're dressed but, like, like a woman. If cis men are able to cross dress, yeah. then why are well, even we shouldn't prohibit trans men from doing so? I think what was the issue was this. Like I said, this person wasn't like transitioned. This person would look like, like this person looked like a cis woman sure. and like long hair, like you know, boobs, like everything. And so it was a lot of people. Again, I wasn't in on this. I just kind of like read all the comments and was just being a creeper. Like, I just was like, oh my just God, okay. That gift, just here for the comments. Yeah, exactly. Popcorn. So I wasn't in on this. And so basically what they were saying was like, where's your dysphoria? Like, if you're dressing like a woman and you're saying like, you know, Ooh, having the long getting hair. into political yeah, territory. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, but that's, but I mean, I'm just going to like end that there. Cause I mean, like, but I'm saying that that's where they ended up disbanding that group. Like, because other people are like, hey, if there's masculine trans men, please join this group and da da da. And so, like, I dropped that group. And because I'm like, I'm not here for the drama. Like, when I join any group, if I'm joining even like, because I'm part of an LGBTQ Pokemon group, and like, the moment people start getting like, you know, 
political or they start saying, oh, this is the worst Pokemon. I'm like, I'm not here for that. Like, I'm here for like pictures of Pokemon. I just want to catch a Squirtle, okay. Yeah, exactly. It's like, I'm here for fucking Pokemon. I'm not here to discuss like, you know, you know, but it's like, again, if it's that friendly conversation, like, oh, like, what's your least favorite Pokemon and why? And it's an okay conversation. Then yeah, it's fine. So me being in that other group, the fact that like, like it was just war between like these two different types of trans men, it was like, I was like, I'm not here for this. Like after I kind of read through what, like you know, read some of the comments and got through some of that, then I was like, okay, I'm, um, I'm not here for this. And so I ended up quitting that group, and I found another group, which I've been in this group for a really long time, and it's had no problems so far, and at least none that I'm aware of. Because again, it's I'm not really actively posting. Like if yeah. someone posts like a really cool cosplay, or someone posts like, oh my gosh, it's my like fifth month on testosterone then it's like yay like i'm part of that conversation but i'm not part of any conversations that could be potentially going on going like don't you hate when this happens or you know that kind of thing so i'm not part of that conversation well (laughs) that's a lot to unpack yeah um and then there was one other thing i wanted to mention before we move on and that is that um one of our listeners um, wrote in to tell me that our last episode on sexuality actually helped them figure out that they were on the um, ace spectrum. They just never really experienced attraction the way that they had heard other people talk about and had read about in books, and they never really felt like um, aroused necessarily. Like yeah. they'll have sex, and you know it can be an enjoyable thing, but it's just not something that they um, experience necessarily the way that they've always you know, heard they're supposed to. And so when we like talked about it, um, they realized that, you know, they still do fit on the ACE spectrum. They just thought that it meant that like you can't enjoy or have sex. Right. Um, so yay, we're doing (laughs) good things in the world. No, that's like really cool. I mean, that's what we want to be doing. Like that's what this podcast is for is like to like inform people and then have people inform us. Like, I mean, you know, um, my uh, we actually do have a guest today, and so she is going to be talking about more into asexuality. And like when I um, hung out with her last, I did ask her like, "Hey, so like, what is your asexuality to you? Like, what where do you fall?" And so she'll get more into that later. But it really is this thing where it's like, okay, tell me your experience because just because someone says like, well, even like with you, you said that you identify as bisexual, but you're like saying you like men to a degree more yeah. or whatever and it's like cool that's your bisexuality but then there's other bisexuals who are like no women I like women more I date more which women which is what I always see on Tumblr is right. like guys I like specific kinds of guys like that one and that one and maybe this one yeah. and then girls it's just like all the girls I right. want girls girls are so like that's always on Tumblr all the time right. exactly so, so people's bisexuality is completely different and then it could really be this thing where I have a friend who's bisexual and they most, I mean, not they mostly date men. They just happen stingily date men. And then they finally got a girlfriend and it was like, yay, you know, cause Aww. like they were just kind of like, I am bisexual, but somehow I'm only dating men. How is this going on? You know? And it was just so funny that like it just played out that way. But, um, yeah. So like it just, it varies from person to person. It's always cool to like ask someone like, okay, what does your bisexuality mean? What does your asexuality mean? Or like, okay, so like, you know, what is this, like, what is your term terminology you're telling me? What does that mean for you? It's a really cool, just like experience. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, oh, also, we do have a Discord because that's actually how we're going to reach out to my friend today. Uh-huh. So I created a Discord and we do have a server. It's Queer Cauldron. Um, I don't know. I probably should have gotten because I think some of them have like hashtag and numbers and stuff like to like how you add someone. But um, we are uh, Queer Cauldron on um I don't imagine there's too, too many other ones. Right, but I mean, sometimes you have to add. I think for servers, you need the server code. Okay. Like, it's so weird. I don't know. I'm new to Discord, so I don't really know how that works. We'll figure it out as we go. Yeah, we'll definitely figure it out. Um, So before we get to my friend who's going to talk again about asexuality, we kind of wanted to talk a little bit about what our next topic is going to be, which is dating. Dating. Because um, the thing about us both being, like, adults when we transition is we kind of went through that whole, like... Dating as our previous gender, or however you want yeah. to say that. Yeah. And so how, like, we kind of touched on it last week where we talked about how, like, at least for me, um, I mean, I was pansexual before, I'm pansexual now, but, like, when I say, oh, yeah, no, I have the gay or I'm gay, like, it I means have I have the gay. Yeah, I've never used that. Oh, it's contagious. Yeah, like, my cousin and I kind of start saying that when we were in high school. It's like, oh, they have the gay, oh like, you God. know. So and so I've, like, spread it. I love it. I have, like, spread it to my friends because, like, if my friends will send me pictures of dudes he finds attractive on, like, Instagram be like, oh, can I has? And then I'll, like, you know. Can has cheeseburger. Can I has? Come full circle. Yes. To lolcats. So, yeah, so, like, he'll be like can I has and then I'll like go through the Instagram page and I'm like oh my god he has the gay and he's like yay I can has and oh it's like god. it's like that's just what he's oh, like oh he has like do they have the gay it's like you know so yeah but anyway so when I'm like oh yeah no I have the gay it's like people are now gonna be like that means I like men you know where before if I was like oh yeah no I'm gay like people are like oh so they like women you know so it's different you know but yeah, yeah so Dating is weird. <laughs> dating is scary. Yes. Like, as as a trans person, dating, because um, I'm, uh, you know, single now. Right. Um, so I'm, like, looking and I'm, like, how how do date? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, for me, I mean, there, there are people that, like, I already know who you know may or may not be interested i don't know yeah um and that seems like the safest option is like people that you already know and trust right um, because putting yourself out there on like a tinder or trying to meet people at like bars or clubs now just seems super intimidating and scary yeah especially with like trans panic Defenses and all that, which fortunately right. I think are illegal here in California, but that doesn't stop me being dead. Yay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I mean, that was what I was kind of worried about because I follow trans people, obviously on Instagram and Twitter yeah. and all the things. And which again, we have an Instagram and a Twitter, both at Queer Cauldron. Um, but yeah, you know, I would follow these people and I remember this one um, non-binary person I followed, you know, would be on tinder grinder or something like that and like they were assigned female at birth you know and so they would tell guys that or something like oh yeah you know da 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 here's what's up and this one person responded and called them like a two-hold freak which it's like uh see that's the problem is that you get subjected to so much transphobia just by putting yourself out there yeah and i'm i'm like not I don't know. I don't know that I'm here for that. Like, right. But in this, like, day and age, that's... 
like the way that things are done. Right, but I mean, I feel like it's just hard to be a woman dating, period. Like, I mean, you know, yes. Um, I mean, I remember when I was a woman, and the thing is, it's like I said, I was a woman for like 25 years, and so I experienced some shit, you know, so... I remember one time I um, I had I used to live in uh, Pasadena, um, and so people from California know I'm talking about. People who aren't from California don't know what I'm talking about. But yeah, so I lived um, in a place called Pasadena for a little bit, and um, I used to go to this gas station that was literally right by the freeway, like super convenient. Okay. Like right by the freeway, and I had to stop going there because of a guy. Like I at first I thought this guy was gay, honestly. Like I. He worked there, and he was this older guy, and I want to say he was, like, Russian or Armenian. Not that it matters, but just descriptors, you know? <laughs> like, he was just old, older uh, Armenian guy or Russian guy. And, like, you know, I remember the first time I ever saw him, I'm like, oh, hey, like, how are you? And he's just like, hey, sweetie, how are you? But he said it in a way that I'm, I thought he was gay. I thought he was like, oh, hey, sweetie. Like, you know, so, you know, and I'm like, oh, hey, I'm like, I want 20 on number five or whatever. And like, every time I walk, I went in there, he was super nice to me. Like there was nothing wrong. And then one day I went in there and I don't remember exactly what happened, but I went in there and like, he mentioned something, like I forgot how this conversation started, but he ended up telling me like, oh, I like, your big boobs or something no. like yeah like he was like oh i like women with big and like he kind of did the gesture for boobs um. and i just was like okay he's like has no one ever told you that and i'm like bitch a lot of people have told me that like i was a woman with big breasts yes guys have told me that before so i just was like um yeah people have said that and i'm going to go and so then he was like oh and the thing is i had just um got out of like this really or no i was still in this relationship um, and he was just like, oh, that guy's not good for you. And it's like, I knew that, but like, he didn't know that, you know? Right. And I was like, um, no, that's just okay. Say. Yeah. And I just was like, um, okay. I'm like, I have to go. And then he was like, oh, but you can talk to me and da 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 da. I'm like, all right, well maybe another time I need to go. Cause like, first of all, I was meeting a friend, so I did have somewhere to go. But even if I didn't, I wouldn't have stayed obviously. So like I went out to my car, I put gas in my car and then I got in my car and I was like, finding a song to play on like my Pandora or whatever. And he comes up to my window and he was just kind of like, um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. I'm like, it's fine. I just, I have to go. And he just is like, you can talk to me. Like, why don't we talk? And I said, I don't want to talk right now. I, I am meeting a friend. He's like, please. Like he like looked at me and was like, come on, please. And I'm like, I can't right now. I'm meeting a friend like I have to go and then he gives me like this little lollipop like one of those like little like small little and I'm like okay whatever I took it and he's just like look that guy's not good for you like you can talk to me I'm like um let's talk another day I I literally have to go and then you go. never shut up at that gas <laughs> never shut up again no and like I drove off like I you know I drove off and I was like I threw I remember I threw the little lollipop out on the freeway like I just threw it out the yes, window God. and I because I just felt so weird like I didn't even want it in my car I'm like I don't want to do this anymore and like so yeah so that happened and like yeah I never went back to that gas station but it sucked because the next closest gas station was like five minutes in the opposite direction. And so it, yeah. So I didn't know what to do. Like I was like, 
I mean, now, if that, I mean, if that were to happen to me now or, like, something similar, I mean, I'd probably try to call the owner of the gas station and say, look, like, this fucking just happened. Just so you know. Like, just so you're aware, like, this dude's being a creep and, like, he's this, I mean, like I said, he's an older dude and, you know, whatever. And I would have said something, but, like, back then, I just went to a different gas station, like, out of my way. And it's, like, things like that, like, really, it's, like, it still sits with me. Like, it's been years and it still sits with me and, you know... Not saying that that's part of dating, but it's just part of being a woman. Yeah. And it sucks, you know? It it does. It's um, started happening to me. I didn't... I mean... And I have such a conflicting relationship with it because I'm like, yes, this means that like I'm being seen as a woman and this is affirming and great. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh my God, stop. Right. This is creepy. Like... Right. I don't want to have to go through this. So, like, I have these mixed emotions every oh, yeah. time it happens. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. I, I'm i trying to, like, even pinpoint, like, a specific moment. The one that I remember most was before I was even, like, out, out. Yeah. Like, I wasn't I wasn't presenting as, like, feminine yet. Like, I, 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 I've always kept my face, like, clean shaven. I don't do facial hair. No, thank okay. you. Um, and my hair was starting to get longer and, um, it's naturally wavy. So it kind of looks style, I guess. I don't know. Um, but you know, I had like a sports bra on under my like polo shirt, um, and like skinny jeans. So, um, but I, I was locking up work to go on my lunch break and I, I worked at like this math center, right? So there's like numbers and whatever. And this like six foot whatever like dude bro walks up and he's like hey what's uh what's three cubed and i was like 27 why <laughs> and he's like yeah that's right i was just testing you and he like started to like try and flirt and i just like wasn't here for it and then he like looked at me closer and he's like oh oh shit you're a dude oh. i'm so sorry like oh. you're just really pretty you're just like really fucking pretty if i were you i would be at like the mall like picking up chicks all day and i was like please leave oh my god it's like i feel like it was this combination of like compliment and like cringy yeah it was just everything bad right i was like really happy that i like passed i guess for like that minute but like just so many other negative emotions came with it and like i said more and more things have happened since i was like in um Santa Barbara on a trip with some family and um, just this dude like tried to give me his number while I was on the bus. I was like, no, no thanks. <laughs> yeah. I'm not here for it. Yeah. I mean, like the first time I realized I was passing or I knew it wasn't anything to do with dating was this guy trying to fight me at my work. Oh God. Like I, um, I used to work at a state agency. I'm not going to say which one, but you know, we'll do an episode about it later on. Um, but I was working at a state agency, and the thing is, um, they had started making reserves parking spots like right by the building for okay. employees. And the thing is, people would park in them anyway, even though it said reserved. Like, it was painted, said reserve, and yet people would still park in them, and we, because people would be like, there was no parking, and that's on employee, that's on employee, whatever. So what our security guards started doing was they started putting um, cones um, in all the spaces and then when we got there we would go move the cone drive into the space and then leave the cone like in the back and the security guards would go by and pick them up after 
we opened or whatever. Yeah. So one day I, you know, I'd get there early sometimes. I was almost always late to that job. I hated right, it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so one day I was actually early and I was sitting there drinking my coffee in my car and I see this guy, um, he moved the cone and he was an employee. And so he moves the cone. He gets to go back in his car. So I get in my car and I move the cone back, you know, before as he's getting back in his car. And then he, I'm just like, and he's like, hey, or he says something. And then I say, um, this is employee parking only. He's like, there's no parking. I'm like, there's literally another parking structure, another, not structure, but parking lot. Like if you go up the stairs, there's more parking. So you can drive around to that parking. So there's plenty of parking on like the second uh, tier or whatever. And I just was like, you know, there's parking there. Like there's ton, like dude. And then he came up to me and like got in my face and was like, what do you expect me to do? There's no parking. I'm like, and I got back in his face and I wasn't even on T yet. Really? I wasn't even on T yet. And I just was like, dude, I said, there are, there's more parking over there. This is employee parking. It says reserved. If you park your car here, you're going to get towed. And he like got in my face and I just stared at him. And then he was like, ah, and like walked away and like got in his car. And the thing is his kid was there for a driving test. And I almost went over and like said something to the driver check-in and just like, you know, this guy like threatened to like, like try to fight me in the parking lot. And like, you know, but I didn't, but I did tell one of the security guards and the security guards like, I'll keep an eye on him. I said, cool. And then that was it. But it was just like, that was the first time I ever felt that like I passed or I like, yeah. you know, got seen as a dude was this, this, this guy in like his late forties, early fifties trying to fight me at work. Oh my goodness. It's so funny how, like, it's these negative experiences that, like, tell us we've, like, reached a certain milestone. Right. I guess. Anyway, um, I think it's about time for our commercial break, but we'll be back with our guest when we come back. So, yeah, so stay tuned. August. So, August, if you don't mind me asking, how do you identify? I identify as asexual, uh, panromantic. Oh, nice. So, okay. Yeah, so basically what that means is asexuality is the lack of sexual attraction, and then panromantic is my romantic orientation. So, like, how most people have a sexual orientation, um, instead it's, uh, basically who do I develop feelings for, uh, like pansexual, panromantic. So, uh, any gender, regardless of gender, I can develop emotions for. That's awesome. So let me ask you this, because I am quite, I am like wondering about this. So like when you, I guess like, because you don't really feel crushes on people, or do you feel crushes on people? I do, but instead of it being like, um, you know, uh, usually when a person develops a crush, it has to do with like physical appearance first, where they like see a person, they're attracted to them sexually, and then maybe you know, feelings of a crush would develop. But for me, it's not, uh, I don't have that physical trigger. Okay. So it's usually like, uh, if I have a really great conversation with someone and there's chemistry and you can feel that, I'll develop a crush uh, through that. Okay, so then when you do develop that like crush, I mean how, like, I guess my question is like, when you go on a date with someone, do you discuss your like asexuality or is that something that you discuss before you go on a date with someone? 
I usually wait to discuss that because okay. um, because I do have a romantic orientation. There are okay. some asexuals who are aromantic, and so they don't develop romantic feelings, so they generally don't go on date. But um, okay. uh, it doesn't normally affect uh, dating, mostly okay. because uh, I'm not sex adverse, which is uh, something in the asexual community where uh, someone who's asexual does not want sex, and even the thought of it makes them uncomfortable. So. Right that would affect dating for them so they would probably want to talk to a person about that to let them know ahead of time but because I'm not sex adverse uh, it doesn't really affect dating I'll bring it up later on okay. or more so like have test questions like uh, just about the queer community to see how much they know to you know until I feel comfortable to come out to someone okay cool um so what's something that you want people to know about the like asexual community like if you're talking to someone who had like no like if, so, if you met someone they're like oh what's asexuality like what would you want them to know about the asexuality community um that every asexual is very different from one another we have over 20 different like subtypes of asexual oh wow uh, yeah, from, desec- uh, from demisexuals to uh, sapiosexuals, which are people that are attracted to intelligence. Mm-hmm. So they do feel a sexual attraction, but it's only triggered by intelligence, not physical. And then I'm what's called the cupiosexual, which is lack of attraction, but uh, desires a relationship and also desires a physical relationship, which is more rare in the community. Awesome. Um, so it's more so like, just because I'm ace doesn't mean like I don't have sex or right that that isn't a factor even though that's true for a lot of asexuals it's not a factor for them the more so if somebody's just curious I would just want them to know that like just because I'm a certain way doesn't mean everybody else is and mm-hmm. then um, if uh, sometimes people are confused they think uh, asexuals are a little broken Aww. and uh, yeah so in coming across you know somebody that's a little bit more ignorant towards what uh, asexuality is you know sometimes people will ask about it and I'll tell them and then it'll be oh well have you been to a doctor oh my <laughs> god <laughs> yeah because um, they think uh, it, it's libido or something okay like that, so and generally uh, you can get your thyroid checked uh, you know thyroid issues can affect libido mm-hmm. but it doesn't affect orientation so that's something I would want people to know as well Okay, and how old were you when you realized that you were asexual? Or, like, how did you realize you are asexual? Um, well, in puberty, I felt sexual attraction, but I think that had more to do with the hormones at the time. It wasn't that I was actually attracted to anyone, but more so I was misplacing feelings onto people. Okay. And then, and then about 19, 20 years old, I realized that I didn't actually have sexual attraction. I just had an act of libido but that there was no physical trigger for it. It was just like a chemical reaction. Um, I didn't actually come out, though, until I was about 23, though, because I didn't know the word for it. Right. And I, and I, and I thought I was broken, so I actually no. chose to get my thy- thyroid gland checked because uh, that runs in my family. So I thought that was what was wrong with me. And then okay. getting checked and finding out that there wasn't anything wrong with me and that, um, no, I'm normal. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so let me ask you, could you date another asexual person that, say, didn't want to have sex? Or do you feel, personally, that sex is kind of part of what you would want in a relationship? It's part of what I would want in a relationship. So uh, a lot of asexuals who don't want sex, they have to deal with that in, you know, dating and stuff. It's it's very difficult to be with uh, someone who desires that when they don't. 
because I wouldn't ever want to like pressure someone that I'm dating for that right right I wouldn't and I wouldn't ever want to feel like I'm lacking something in my relationship right yeah so I couldn't personally and you know I thought met a lot of people who didn't realize they were asexual or you know their sexuality is fluid so they become asexual later in life and they're already married to someone who's allosexual which uh-huh. is basically the opposite of asexuality is allosexual people with sexual attraction oh okay yeah, yeah. i was gonna be like what's that so <laughs> thank you yeah. for clarifying <laughs> okay yeah, yeah. so like how uh there's transgender and then cisgender there's asexual mm. and then allosexual is what we call people who aren't asexual that's awesome yeah so I had, okay, so like someone brought up this question for me and I don't know if you would have an answer for that, but a lot of people, there's kind of controversy about like the A and LGBTQIA about it being al- ally or asexual. Like, does that ever like bother you that some people use it for ally instead of asexuality? Or I mean, how do you, how do you feel it, about asexuality being included in, in the LGBT community? It does not bother me that it's used for ally, but I feel like it should be for asexuals and sometimes allies, is mm-hmm. I feel like how it should be said. Right. Because allies don't need representation like we do. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, about 1% of the population is asexual that we know about, and right. they estimate that it could be up to 2% of the world's population, which is rather high for a community that, you know, is still, you know, learning how to embrace us. Right. Yeah. Um, so I'm fine with it being used for ally, but when um, people say just ally and they leave out asexual, it it feels like I'm other and like I'm not uh, included in a community that I am very active in and I want to feel a part of. Right. Yeah. But no, uh, A for ally is fine. <laughs> just don't forget It's like why. Sometimes yeah. it's about. Yeah. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so then let me ask you, how do you feel about when people kind of use asexuality as kind of like a throwaway term, like when someone uses, because I saw this, I think, in like a show or something recently where someone's like, oh, I'm just totally asexual right now, meaning that they just don't want to have sex currently or they don't want to date currently. Like, how do you feel about people kind of using asexuality in that kind of context? Yeah, kind of lose context. Yeah, that, um, for people, a lot of people don't know what asexuality is, so that, you know, it misleads people into thinking that it's like something like it's a phase. It, right. It, it definitely implies that it's a phase. And I've actually commented on YouTube before because as this guy that I really like watching, I won't name him because I don't want to shame him. <laughs> okay. But he was like, that turned me off so much. I'm ace now. And I was like, what? No. <laughs> you can't get turned works. off so much you become asexual. Right. Yeah. So I basically like, and it also aces do feel horny. We do just that is just a normal thing. So right. Yeah, <laughs> our orientation <laughs> isn't our libido, so that implies that aces just don't have sex. And there are so many different types of asexuality that do engage in that demisexual being, where um, a person doesn't find someone physically attractive until right. the romantic feelings are there. But after the romantic feelings are there, then they're capable of sexual attraction towards their partner. So, okay. yeah, so they would want sex from somebody that they have feelings for. Right. Chances are. So, like, it, it just, uh, and then it puts me in a box where I'm, I'm not really ace because I'm, you know, a copiosexual. Right. You know, even though I, we all fall under this giant umbrella that explains us so well, but then gets, 
you know, when the if we were more well known uh, to the world, not just within the community, I think it would be less of an issue. But because there is lack of representation, mm-hmm. then then it can lead to people not knowing what ACE is, and yeah, that implication that it's a phase when it's not. Well, and I think that's really true. Like I said earlier, last episode. Uh, helped one of my one of my dear friends like realize that they're on the ace spectrum um, as well and you know um, she's quickly approaching 30 <laughs> and you know she didn't know until just like last week so just the fact that there's no representation there it's not out there the information's not there I feel like there's a lot of people out there who may not you know even realize they're just like I experience things differently than you know I've been told other people do but I don't know what that means about me. Right. Well, what's kind of interesting is I was in a, um, like, it was, I think, eh, I forgot why they started doing this, but for my previous job, we had the one, the state agency. Uh-huh. They had one of those uh, trainings where it was kind of, I forgot what they called it. But like one a sensitivity of those, like, training? Yes, exactly. It was a sensitivity training. And the first half of it was terrible because they just were throwing a bunch of, like, words at us like non-binary like you know oh people don't use these negative terms and da da and but then the second half when we came back from break all of a sudden people start sharing their stories and this i'll never forget this one woman was like um so my daughter who's like 14 came out to me but she's not gay she says she's asexual and she's like so she's saying that she doesn't want to be with anybody that she doesn't feel sexual attraction and the trainer goes and you don't know if that's temporary you don't know she's always going to be that way and the mom goes well I like it she's like I totally like it like if she wants to stay that way forever I hope she does and it was just kind of like oh my god like go you mama yeah but she just got like oh I like it like it was just so funny and like yeah but the, the trainer was like oh well you don't know if that's how it's always gonna be and I'm like mm, like you shouldn't tell someone that their child sexuality sexu- yeah like their sex yeah. just because their sexuality isn't hetero doesn't mean like it's a phase you know yeah I mean it's different when somebody goes oh sexuality's fluid you know mm. it can change in that way versus oh they're gonna be straight one day <laughs> right yeah. exactly so well let me okay so let me ask you another question so what's the difference between sapiosexual which is you know from what I know is attraction to someone's intelligence versus like mm-hmm. demi-romantic demi romantic or demisexual oh demi-sexual sorry uh, yeah, yeah. No, no, there's, just, there's two things in the oh, sorry. romantic yeah. orientation and sexual. But um, right. So a sapiosexual is someone who it's not based on their romantic feelings for someone. It's based on how intelligent they view the person. If they view someone as intelligent, mm-hmm. they may then feel sexual attraction towards that person. Okay. Not that not necessarily. Like there can be a really pretty person, but you're not necessarily attracted to them, even though they're attractive. Right. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they may be attracted to someone who's intelligent versus demisexual. It is tied into their uh, romantic feelings for the person. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm trying to think if I have any more questions. You had so many. You're I did. I was loaded. ready. <laughs> now, did, did you write any of them down? No, I did. That's the thing. Is like I wrote them down, and that's how I remember them. Because I was like going over like what I want to ask her, what I want to ask her. Like, but you <laughs> haven't used any notes. I, used, I remembered. Like I said, I remember. That's so good. Yes. Um, so, yeah. I mean, is there anything else? I mean, is there anything you wanted to discuss or like, you know... Um, oh, our next episode is going to be about dating. So, is there any like dating like stories or anything you want to tell us? 
want to um, share? Well, for me, I, I'm <laughs> very lucky in that uh, I've never had a partner that's like, oh, you're broken or you oh, need that's to good. or anything. Yeah, I've, uh, I've all, I'm also very picky with people that I date, so I think that helps. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, no, no real, like, uh, dating stories. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I've had uh, friends misunderstand and think that it being asexual means I don't want to date anyone. Right. Which is true. Uh, it's just more difficult for me to, you know, figure out who I want to date because it's not like there's no trigger for me to go, oh, I want to talk to that person okay. in, a, in you know, a romantic way. Like I already have to be talking to them right. in order to develop that romantic attraction. So how so, would you put yourself out there? Like would you use a dating app? Would you try it at like... Uh, I mean, how would you find somebody to date? You need references. References? <laughs> with lists and lists of papers and documents? I mean, I've tried dating apps. I mostly, like, regardless of what their picture is, I read their profile. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and that helps a lot. The more detailed the profile, the better. But uh, definitely, like, there are some photos where the guy's trying too hard to look cool. And they're like, <laughs> I'm not going to date you. You just yeah. want to seem cool. But... Right. <laughs> But in general, usually dating apps, guys only want one thing. And I'm like, ah, no. Right. (laughs) Well, have you you ever, like, I mean, how, since you have to kind of develop a, like, a connection to somebody, have you ever met someone where they were hitting on you and you're like, no, I just want to be friends. But then that, like, changed and, like, you had to, I mean, have you ever gone backwards and been like, hey, so now I like you? Like, yeah. Yeah, and I confused the hell out of people because of that. And it was like, well, you hit on me when we barely met. Yeah, I didn't know you, but then I got to know you, and they're like, "Oh, but I now I just see you as a friend." So that kind of stuff. Yeah, because they were interested, but then I was like, "No," and yeah. then you know, and but they were fine with the friendship, and they like compartmentalized really well, where they're like, "All right, I have to get over these feelings because I want to be friends with you." Right. At least they're not those like friend zoner like <laughs> yeah. guys. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to deal with that too, the friend zoners, and then yeah. I don't feelings for them but they stay attracted to me and I'm just Aww. like I'm sorry <laughs> yeah. and, and the worst thing is is when they think um, that they're just not attractive enough like Aww. if they were just like that much more attractive I'd be attracted to them and I'm like there's nothing not wrong right. with you right there's nothing you can do there's nothing wrong with me it's just the way I am and it doesn't matter how good looking you become I'm sorry right yeah <laughs> that's, yeah that's just not an aspect for me right but um uh, probably a misconception I would want to clear up uh, about it is there are gray asexuals mm-hmm. where uh, an asexual person will very rarely have sexual attraction towards a someone, uh-huh. but uh, it's far and few between. So more so, it's not 100% lack of sexual attraction to be mm-hmm. ace. It's just uh, when it's rare or, uh, you know, consistently rare mm-hmm. or... Uh, special circumstances create sexual attraction not like where you just look at someone and they're good looking and you want them right yeah okay so, all um, the great aces out there i'm, I'm repping you too <laughs> <Yay. laughs> no like i think that's great like i think there really needs to be like that idea that 
I mean, well, not idea, but that, that knowledge that there is a spectrum that if like someone, one asexual, like we were just talking before we brought you on is the difference between bisexuality, how like someone could say I'm bisexual and like that means that they like men more than women, but they like both or they like women more than men, but they like right. both. And, and when like... you split up that romantic and sexual attraction, like there's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, biromantic homosexuals and, yeah. you yeah. know, all kinds of different like combinations of that. Right. And yeah. That's a really great uh, point because there are bisexuals who have a romantic orientation that's either yeah. hetero or homo, even though they're physically attracted to both genders. Right. They won't develop romantic feelings for one, and they end up feeling less bi than other people. Right. And and if uh, you know romantic orientation was discussed outside of the ace community more, I feel like people would understand themselves better. Right. I remember when I was in college. Um, you know, I first thing I did was join the. Uh, LGBT group there and we went around the room and you know we had to do the stupid icebreaker stuff like tell oh, me hate, something about I've you. always hated but icebreakers they yeah. also wanted us to like tell them there are pronouns and um, our romantic and sexual orientations so we said like all all of those things <laughs> and so that was when I first had an awareness like I, I have a, a dear friend who's an awesome drag queen in New York and one of these days I will promote her um, on here but for now I'm going to keep her anonymous sorry sweetie Um, (laughs) but um, you know she was like uh, I am a a homo romantic bisexual and I was like oh oh okay like I didn't know that was a thing but now that makes a lot of sense and so that like opened that door and I'm so glad that I had that like when I was still I mean, I'm still young, but like when I was really young. Right. I'll be clarify. I'm still young. I'm still young. Just <laughs> so you know. She had to clarify. I'm still, I'm still young. young. <laughs> no, but I think that's great. And I think like, you know, when people like you hear these people that are like more conservative who are like, oh my God, there's so many terms now. I'm like, yeah, because now people know what to call themselves. And now people right? have that like, li- like that liberalness to say like, well, yeah, I'm this and it's this, and like, this like, is me. It's not just like PC culture, right. or SJW, like whatever, blah, 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 blah. No, like we're not coming out of the like woodwork. It's not that we're making up things and just creating special snowflake identities. We just have descriptors and less fear of like being completely shunned and ostracized by all of society thanks to the invention of the internet. Right. And I think, yeah, and I think, like, calling yourself, like, asexual or bisexual or pansexual, I've always, like, not called, I want to, like, gear people away from the term labels and call them descriptors. I like that. Because, like, for me, like, okay, like, if I had, because I met August when, like, I was already married, right? Like, I was already married, I think, when I first, no, I don't know. But yeah, when I first met, I was engaged. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but let's say I had met August when I was completely single and she was just like, yeah, I'm asexual. Probably not gonna hit on her. You know, yeah. <laughs> just be out of respect yeah. for her identity. And yeah, if she were to come back, hey, like I'm attracted to you, then like that would have been a different story. But like, you know, by her saying I'm asexual, I can already go like, okay, don't hit on this person. Don't like, you know, be like, so what's her story? Like, you know right. what I mean? And like, versus like, you know, well, like one of the things that my wife and I talk about is when I first met her she was talking about some girl that just dumped her so I thought I mean she is a lesbian but I thought she was like no men period lesbian you know so like when right away when she's just like oh my god this girl just dumped me da 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 I'm like oh and I like instantly was like okay that's a no-go like you know instantly like was like okay so 
not gonna happen. So yeah, I was like trying to be there for her as a friend and then it wasn't until we started talking that she was just like, oh no, I like trans men too. And then I was like, oh, okay. But like, when I first met her, I instantly was like, no. Cause she's right. you know, like as you do, you know? And I, that's why I think descriptors are important because you telling someone I'm gay or I'm a lesbian or I'm asexual, you can kind of already have an idea of like, oh, okay. Like I'm like, it's okay to talk to you. Not okay to t- like in a sexual way or like, sure. you know, like yeah. let's, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a barrier. That's exactly why I don't really tell people before going out with them. Mm. Cause generally they think it's like, um, they think I'm like celibate. They think, right. You know, right. Yeah. So there's just all these uh, preconceived notions. And I think that's the importance of saying, you know, asexual spectrum. Right. Instead of like, yeah. Okay. Awesome. I learned some things. Today. Yeah. I learned a lot. Really of things cool. today. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Yeah. So is there anything else you want to share with us? I mean, um, yeah. Like anything, like any stories, any, anything before we wrap up? Uh, stories. Yeah. No, uh, I mean, I've, I've helped other people come out and figure out that they were asexual because they didn't know what the term was. I've actually done that with two people in the last year, one of them over the age of 40, one of them a couple years younger than me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like, it was just something where, um, uh, the older person thought that there was something wrong with them. They're already married. They have two kids. They thought, you know, that they were broken and then you know, after me being out, out and open, you know, they were like, oh, that exists. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, even if it's not your own orientation, it's good to talk about, uh, different orientations in just a positive way. I think that's what really did it for her is that I was so positive about who I am and knowing who I am. That's fantastic. No, well, I you're think doing that's great. you're doing good work out there. Okay. You're doing the yeah. Lord's work. <laughs> you're doing the Lord's work. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I'm lucky in that the majority of my experiences are very positive. However, you know when there is a negative experience, it does hit really hard. Uh, mm. In general, it's usually online. Yeah. Uh, usually yeah. within like the LGBT community, I feel very comfortable being myself. Right. And you know I've had misunderstandings from lesbians who you know thought I was broken and have seen very ace phobic comments right next to biphobic comments and it's just you know I have to remind myself that there is more positivity out there than negativity right when I was younger I never saw an ace flag at pride but every pride I go to now there's at least a few that's so exciting yeah so so for anybody that's ace out there that feels alone, it is changing for the better. And people, oh, yeah. you know, already know what asexual is uh, before I start talking to them about it a lot of the time at uh, Pride now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I think it's cool because, like, I was at a convention, like, when I, I met someone and, like, they had the asexual flag um, as a necklace. And, um, give me, a, sorry, give me a second. Okay, so we had a technical difficulty, but we're back. Yay. Uh, yay. <laughs> you gotta love that. We were so smooth today, too. I know. We were, and, like, right? even, like... It just <laughs> Yeah, even with August coming on, I'm like, oh, my God, it's picking up Technology for recording. Technology worked like, for us. Oh yay. We God, didn't have was... to spend an hour figuring out the settings. Right. Anyways. We're real podcasters now. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, so, yeah. So, I was at a convention, and... Um, this person that was like in the booth because I was helping my friend at her booth and this person next to us had the asexual flag on a necklace and I knew what it was and I thought that was like really so exciting. Cool. It's it's cool because it's like it, before you could see that and be like which flag is that but as like I've educated myself now it's like 
I can see majority of the flags. I can see them and be like, that's asexual, that's leather, that's bears. I was super excited yeah. to see like the intersex flag out and yeah. about at Pride this year. It was really cool. Yeah, but what's really cool is like, you know, um, at least this one con, um, you'd see these kids, and I say kids because they were like high schoolers, running around wearing their flags like capes. Oh. And they're running around with like the trans flag, the gay flag, the lesbian flag, um, like wearing year. as like, yeah, like as a cape. And I thought that was like so cool. So, yeah, no, inclusion. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to do that. I want to create, like, an asexual superhero and, like, do a comic for it. Oh, yeah. that'd be so cool. Oh, oh, it. A flag is a cape because I've seen so many people do that. Get yes. it done. And then you'll come back on and we can, like, totally promote the hell out of that. Heck, oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so just to, you know, more about inclusion. Uh, since so 1% mm. of people, that's basically uh, one in every 100 people are asexual. Oh, okay. And, yeah, and just to give like a perspective on the number, but uh, the movement is now in more than 150 countries and 15 oh, wow. different languages. <gasps> That's yeah, so, so cool. It's around the world. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. That's so cool. Closer and closer every day. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay, well, I feel like we should wrap up there. All right. But thank you so much for coming on, and we'll have to definitely have you back on when you want to promote your comic or yes, just to, like, touch please. base, you know? And, like, I know you have some, like, stalker stories that we could totally... Ruh-ruh. That we could definitely, like, <laughs> yeah, if you I are comfortable... from my orientation, but just talk about the exes in general. Yes. <laughs> uh-ohs. Yes, definitely. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, no problem. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast. And thank you listeners for tuning in. As usual, do no harm, take no shit.